Welcome to Living Word Bible Church, a lovely place for families where we have a passion to sing great songs to Jesus and where sound Bible teaching is... Well, good morning church and to those joining us electronically, those over the hills and far away, thank you for joining us today. May it be a blessing to you. This is Living Word Bible Church and we're at Hope Valley at the Modern Special School. Today we're reading from Jonah. Two things about Jonah. Jonah was a reluctant prophet. And the second thing is, God gave him another chance. Jonah chapter 2. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God and said, In my distress I called to the Lord and he answered me, from the depths of the grave I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You held me into the deep, into the very heart of the seas, and the current swirled around me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have banished you from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me, the deep surrounded me, Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank, and the earth barred me in forever. But you brought my life up from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. But I with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice you. What I have vowed, I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Pete. Always reads so well. And give great welcomes to our... Uh, online viewers. Katie, thank you. Apologies for the delay. In your, we, you caught up and got there in the end? Yeah. Did you know, I realise this morning, or help you realise this morning, he does do something every week, normally, because I, I think we saw this morning how many different things I could get wrong. Yeah, really, yeah I didn't even realise myself how many things come together to make the service move each week. And I think I got about nine out of ten wrong this week. <laughs> so apologies. Uh, must do better. Uh, pray for me, please. But uh, now, thanks, Katie. You can listen to that again online. Uh, it'll be available again tonight. Do so, please. And thank you for keep bringing those to us, Katie. I know you get lots of viewers all over the world. Listen to those. Uh, remember these John's Gospels, especially coming up to Christmas. Great Christmas present. If you want to uh, buy that for somebody, but let me pray. Lord, here. Uh, just take a moment to further still our hearts. Uh, Lord, we've sung, we've heard your, uh, your word read, we've heard a defence of the gospel, an explanation of uh, a robust presentation, argument for the, the validity of what we believe. We thank you for that, for Katie. As we explore together Jonah chapter 2, your word and what he means for us. Speak to us, we pray. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
Hey, I want to mindful it's 10 past 11 already. Well, uh, I'll try and finish around 11.30. I'll talk double speed, okay? So we'll try and do it 11.30, 11.35. Bear with me. Quickly, chapter one, Jonah is on the run. He's running from someone he cannot run from, from God. God catches up with him, but not to beat him up. And even the storm is not God beating up, beating up Jonah. The storm is God. And what I mean by that is, you remember Moses? When God called him to the burning bush, what did he say to him? What, what was the bush? Where was God? In what form did God reveal himself? He was, mate. He was. He was what we call a theophany. It's where Tiffany's name comes from. Uh, it means uh, the appearance of God. This storm is... It's a theophany. This is God presenting himself. He's not out here to destroy Jonah, but certainly... He has provoked a response from God, hasn't he? And I think this is what this storm is revealing. Hey, Jonah, this is not a good thing, okay? So we want to say that running from God is not a good thing. God catches up with him, and God, he doesn't want to beat him up. He doesn't want to give him the belt. Remember the belt that I had, that I told you about, that I had? I think I only had that once, Lorraine. It was the stick next to him after that. God doesn't want to beat him with the belt or with a stick. What does God want to do with Jonah? We're going to look at it today. What does he want to do with him? Yeah, he wants him to do that, Sid, for sure. Absolutely. But even before then, what does God want? He does. He wants to use him. But before that, and this is really important, ever before God wants to use him, he wants to get him alone and, and, do, and have a good talk to him. Get him alone. Get him to think about where he is, to take account, to reflect on the grace of God in his life. God wants a, a one-to-one moment with him. He, he wants him away from the world. He wants him to himself where he can do some work on him. That's what's going on here. That's what we're going to see today. So our heading is this. Look, it's an extraordinary rescue and a prayer answering God. And I wanted to add there, and I've been humming and hiring, and I think I will just now, a merciful Prayer answering God. Jonah, Jonah's in, where is he? He's in the belly of a fish. A whale, who knows? You know, you can call him a whale if you want. But he's not in the naughty step. And I've got a picture there of a naughty step, I think, Greg. He's not on the naughty step inside the whale. I don't think, we, we're not, God's not dealing with him as though he's in, a, he's in a naughty step. It's not how God is dealing with him. No, Jonah is in the belly of a fish. It doesn't look like that. How do you think he looks? We've seen the old pictures, haven't we? He's got a fishing rod. You'll be interested in that, mate. You'll be okay in a fish's belly. Good place for you. Okay, got a fishing rod, campfire. It's not. How do you think he would have been? Yeah. Look, here's an example of what a fish's belly may look like. Okay, there's a big fish, a whale. That's the inside of his belly. How does it look? Do you like it? Who likes anchovies here? Okay, you'd like it in the belly of a fish if it did. That's what it's like in there. That's what came out of one such fish. Okay, he's in there. He's got company. Okay, it stinks most probably. Okay, uncomfortable. This isn't, this isn't a ride. This is a really difficult situation. God has put him in a quite a tight, 
difficult scenario. And from there, alive. I mean, what's the first surprise that Jonah has when he gets swallowed? Because look, if you're swimming, okay, like we were with Yvonne, okay, and if a fish comes and, sw- and sculpts you up, okay, you're not expecting to go on holiday, are you? What are you thinking? Bye-bye, world. You're never going to see, never going to see the lights of day again, are you? No, Jonah expects to be dead, but he's breathing. He's alive. He stinks. He's uncomfortable. There's other, there's fish around. Okay, he's got company he doesn't want, and then from there, okay, Jonah begins to reflect on God and where he is. Remember when Elijah ran from. A woman? I mean, who would do that? <laughs> okay? And he's out there, and he's in Horeb, and God says to him, do you remember what God says to him? I, I, I'm going to paraphrase it. If this is the, this is the, the modern Bible. Yeah, he gave him all that, bro. And at the end of it, he says, what the heck are you doing here, Jonah? Worse that effect. Okay? And... He has time to reflect on what, where he is with God. And this is a time for him to reflect. And he does reflect Jonah. And he reflects how he got into this situation, where he is with God. And he writes down, subsequent to the event, what went through his mind. That's all we're going to look at today. Look, this is what he said, verse 2a. Jonah, in, in, in writing his little account of his life, okay, his mission, uh, just writes typical narrative, okay, which has a beginning, middle, and end, okay. But in this one chapter, chapter two, he changes his style. And, and, and writers do this. You know, artists do this to make themselves more interesting. He, he uses what's called parallelism. And he, and he constructs his thoughts and his difficulties in this way where he says something and, he, and there's a parallel to it. I'll show you. Verse two. Okay, he said, in my distress, I called to the Lord. And then the parallel. Look, uh, and he answered me. Okay, uh, that's the one. The parallel, and in, uh, from the depths of the grave, I call for help, and he listened to me. And a third parallel. And if, uh, when my life was ebbing away, I remember the Lord, and my prayer rose to you. They, they look different, but there's some similarities. In my distress, I called. From the depths of the grave, I called. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered. And he answered, he listened, my prayer rose to him. So for whatever reason... Jonah's putting his situation, his reflection, in this way, whereby you can see there's repetition and there's progress. And I want to show you what that looks like, okay? Verse 3, verse 2. In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. But then he gives, gives us this explanation. You hurled me into the deep, into the very heart of the sea, and the currents swirled around me, all your waves and breakers swept over me. So that's the distress. Can you see what John is saying? Let me ask you, who threw him in the sea? It was, it was, wasn't he? And yet, how does, how does, he, how does he regard it? Verse 3. Yeah, God, you hurled me into the sea. What has God, what has John quickly realised? The fact he's not dead, he's quickly realised what? That God, this God's here. God's involved. God's got him where he wants. God's got him pinned down, hasn't he? Okay? He's not running to Spain. Forget that ticket. It's gone. That ship sailed. Okay? 
God's got him pinned down. He realises the reason he's alive, the reason he's here, is because this is beyond natural. God was in this. He attributes to God his situation. Friends, do you know I think one of the most healthy things you can do, that we can do in our difficulty, in our regular life, is to acknowledge there's a bigger hand at work in our lives than us or even our sin. You know, God pins, pins us down. Sometimes he pins us down in a country you don't want to be in. Sometimes he pins... <laughs> yeah. No, we, we love being here, seriously, by the grace of God. Uh, sometimes he pins you down in, a, in an employment situation you hate, in a difficulty that you can't contemplate. God tells us that at some point we have to acknowledge, hey, God's got me here because he's doing something with me. Jonah realises... God is behind this. He wants to do something with him. The second parallel, I'll go to the, verse 7. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered the Lord and my prayer rose to your holy temple. Now here's the explanation of what was going on there. Okay, verse 5. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounding me. Seed with was wrapped around my head. So Jonah's again reflecting on his situation. Let me just explain. I, I didn't do it earlier. This isn't what's going on in the fish. This is what went on before the fish, okay? Okay, and so can you, let me, so we imagine Jonah was thrown into the sea, wasn't he? What do we assume happened? Well, the fish. Okay, yeah, Catherine, you, 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 you've got to gather where I'm going. We assume, don't we, there's a fish waiting there. Okay, and the salamin are getting him ready, okay, and they're trying to aim right because they don't want to miss the fish's mouth, do they? And they throw him and he lands in the fish's mouth, the fish goes under and he's safe. It almost sounds like that, doesn't it? It almost sounds as though, look, verse 17, they throw him in the water, verse 17, and the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah, and he was in the fish three days and three nights. And it sounds like, doesn't it? They threw him, the fish caught him, saved him, and he went under, and there's Jonah fishing. Having a campfire. What was it like, really? They threw him into the sea. What happened? And, and Catherine was hinting at it. They threw him in the sea. What happened? Okay. I'll throw you in the sea. Okay? When he's not looking. Okay. Maybe he's looking. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Who wouldn't say that, would he? Okay. I'll throw you in the sea. What happens? In a raging sea, I'll throw you in the sea. What happens to you? Okay, well, that's going to happen. What's the first thing that happens? What's the first thing that Ricky does after she curses Montez ten times? Okay, I knew he had it in him. Okay, what, what, she, what does she do instinctively? What's led him to this? Okay, he's remembering that he's offended God. That's what he means. I remembered why this is happening. And so thirdly, thirdly, having finally been confronted, remember it says it takes a long time sometimes. You know, we're so thick, aren't we? It takes us a long time. I told you a couple of weeks back, didn't I, about something I did when I was 19. Bad. It was 26, 28 before it sunk in. 
Sometimes it can take a long time. It took Jonah to the brink of death for him to remember God, remember where he's, remember what he's done. And so thirdly, to be from the depths of the grave, I call for help and you listen to me. What's he finally doing? That he should have done when he's on the surface before he drowned. What's he finally doing? He's now remembered God. He's taken stock of his situation. And in, in, in there, it's on the depths of the grave. What's he doing? He's now praying. I said, verse 4 and verse 6 are the explanation. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again towards your holy temple. To the roots of the mountains I sank. The earth beneath me barred me forever, but you brought my life up from the pit. And so, what does he think is going to happen? He thinks he's going to die. Worse than that. Look, look, listen to the language. Okay, from the depths of the grave. That's a reoccurring phrase in the Old Testament. He's talking about the place called Sheol. Okay, he's talking about being isolated from God forever. Jonah's under the assumption that he's offended God that badly that God is not only taking his life off him, but he's going to shut him out forever from his presence from the depths of the grave from the place look when he says i have been banished from your sight we would call that in in new testament language the place where people are banished from god's sight forever after death what do we call that hell jonah believes that the weight and the gravity of his sin against god has put him in a situation where god has let him drown, has been involved in his drowning, and worse still, he's going to banish him from his presence. And that's where he remembered God. Hey, Christian, God will never abandon his own. Jonah didn't know that, did he? Jonah's thinking that just as God can treat others in that way, that he would treat him that way. He's expecting the worst from God. And yet, God, we're going to see in a second, comes to his aid. He remembers God. He comes to repentance. He does something between him himself and God that somehow puts his life back on track. Hey, when we're thinking, when we realise where we are, how we've got there, remember God. Say the sorry. Acknowledge what we've done. Seek his mercy. Isaiah tells us that before they call, I will answer. While they were still speaking, I will hear. Jonah had given up, expected to be damned. But he remembered God in that. And God finally... How did God answer his prayer? How did God answer his prayer? He said, when he, I remembered God, in effect, I called out to God. I thought he was going to banish me. How did God answer his repentance, his turning back, his remembering of him? How did God respond to this prophet who should have been killed? He gave him a fish. And I think that's the first stage, Nikki. Yeah, I think he gave him the fish. I think that's when the fish came. At the end of all this, and in fact some commentators suggest 
His life wasn't just ebbing away. It ebbed away. Now, I'm not quite sure there's enough evidence for that. Who knows? Uh, but he came close, and it seems that this fish that God sent only came then. Then. And here's the point for us. Sometimes God's help, friends, he comes. But when does it often come? Right at the end. When you're at the, your utter end. When there's nothing more you can do, nowhere else you can turn. Hey. And here's the thing. We all assume, don't we, that we've come to an end of ourselves. God knows quite how far we can go. And here's what Jonah tells us. That no matter how far one of God's own goes, God, I will do whatever it takes to bring us to a realisation of what we've done. But B, God will send a fish to help you. Hey, just, just face it. Just be real with yourself. This is obviously not a, this is not a normal situation. Jonah's in this because he ran from God. And I guess that's what we're dealing with today. Hey, we're all running in some ways. We're all toying with some sin. We're all struggling some Hey, just face the realities with God. Say, so God, I, hey, this is me. I'm sorry. I'm running. I've let this take over me. I've got myself in this mess. Please get me out of here. I don't know how I got this far, God, but get me out of here. Look, this is what... Sir David did in the Psalms when he was in his trouble, when Saul was trying to hound him and kill him. Look, look at him. Be merciful to me, O Lord, for I'm in distress. My eyes grow weak and sorrow and my soul and my body with grief. My life is consumed by anguish. My ears are groaning. And it goes on. And what did God do for David when he's running from Saul? He turned up. But here, here's the thing. He turned up then when David was, through no fault of his own, was in a mess from Saul. He turned up and saved him. What when he killed Bathsheba's husband? And he was on the run again then, from Absalom that time. What did God do when he called for help then? Someone tell me, what did God do? Now in the depths of his sin, vile sin, on the run, again in danger, but from his son this time, not from Saul, then he cries out to God. He does, he cries out to him in Psalm 51. It took him a, it took him a while to get there. What does God do then in that situation when he's now in a mess because of his own sin? What does God do? He saves him. He saves him. He turns up. David makes it back to the palace. He's reinstated. Hey, hey. Let me ask you, who here who has a son who's done something terrible for the tenth time and is in danger, won't go to go and save him. Who we always say, well, he's got to learn his lesson, that's it now. Who we ever do that? God will never leave you wherever you are in your difficulty, Christian. Turn to him, come back to him. I'm going to, I'm going to round up quickly because my time is up. I said I was going to finish at 11.30. So Greg, I'm going to try and get this through this last bit by just jumping ahead of myself of those two illustrations. Okay, right down to this. Exodus 22, verse 27. Here's what God says to you. I will hear for I'm compassionate. Isaiah 65, 
before they call, I answer. Matthew 7, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Matthew 7, 7, ask and it will be given to you. Acts 2, 21, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Hey, call, ask, beseech him, run to him, come to him. And how far did he go to save Jonah, even in his sin? He sent a fish to save him. Which tells me this, friends, that whatever predicament you're in, God can answer and find a solution, even if it mean, means sending a fish. We'll, st we'll stop the slideshow there. I'll, I'll say this final thing to you. Hey, sometimes God is saying, maybe he's saying to you, maybe he's saying to me, where are you? Oh, what are you doing here? Maybe it's time that we remember the Lord. Remembered how we got to where we are and say those simple words, God, I don't know how I got here, but I'm in a mess. I need you. Help. Remember the last guy that Jesus spoke in a parable about a guy who said that? who was in a mess, made a right mess of his life, and then says to his, to his father, I need help, help me. What was the response of the father? And it's a picture of God. What was the response of the father to this guy who'd wasted his father's fortunes on prostitutes? What was the response of his father? He ran to him to embrace him. There is no sin big enough to alienate you from your God. And there is no miracle too big that God will not do to rescue you. Just call out to him. It's a great rescue because he's a merciful and prayer-answering God. Amen. Amen. Hey, I'll pray. Living Word Bible Church, teaching the Bible verse by verse.